Welcome to the most wonderful real estate podcast ever. I am your host, Dwan Benton Twiper, and America's most sought-after real estate investor. So as you can see, I finally got my background done. So this is a farmhouse. I guess this is officially the farmhouse look, and I like it. So I've got all my fun backgrounds now at our place in Iowa and Florida and Colorado. So you just never know where I'll be coming from next. All right, so drinks with Dwan. Now the last couple weeks I've been slacking a little bit because I literally just keep forgetting to go to the store and get stuff. So I went down. I Look at this wine glass. Can you see it? It says Vino Vixen. I was like, oh, yes, I'm a vino vixen. And we had a wine tasting down at the antique mall the other day. So I tried. Uh, well, I didn't try it yet. I got some new wine. We uh, People tried all this wine. And my son got some of this. And it's, it's Iowa rhubarb. So it's made by, um, the, I'm going to say, Ackerman, Ackerman Winery. Apparently it's here in Iowa. And they make rhubarb wine. Now, as a child, the only thing I can remember about rhubarb was I didn't like it. And, I don't know, it was one of those vegetables like liver, like Brussels sprouts and liver and onions and, and rhubarb and just certain things I just, sauerkraut type things, I never liked. I never got a flavor for. But being from the South, you had to eat what was on your plate or sit there. And I can't tell you how many nights I would just sit there. Arms crossed, just staring at my dad and my mom. I just stare them down. And I would sit there until it was time to go to bed. So even then, I was a feisty child because I was like, I am not eating that. And stuff I didn't like, I just would refuse to eat it. So I guess after a couple years, my dad finally decided <laughs> it wasn't worth the hassle of trying to fight with me about things I didn't like. I'm like, look, I eat 90% of the stuff. But to my mom, why do you have to make liver and onions? Why do you have to make things that you know that my sister and I hate? Make stuff we like so we don't have to sit here all night. But my dad, <clears throat> I just outsat him. After a while, it just wasn't worth all the hassle for me just to sit there. Because I would just stare at him the whole night. He'd walk around the house. I'd just be staring at him. Till finally, he's like, all right, all right, just go to bed already. So, by the time I was 10... I already won the food battle. All right, so we're going to try rhubarb wine. Now, some people had it the other night, but since I was hosting the wine thing, I didn't want to drink too much, 
and I found some other stuff called Pink Glow, which we're going to have this week. So the Vino Vixen, I have another cool wine glass. Wow, that is, wow, <coughs> it's so tart. I'm sure they have all kinds of wonderful things at the Ackerman Winery. <laughs> oh, maybe it'll get better if I have more. Alright. <clears throat> Note to self. Still don't like rhubarb. Even with alcohol in it. Ooh. Wow. <clears throat> oh, excuse me. Woo. That caught me off guard. I should have tried it first, I guess. But you know what? It's the fun of having drinks with Juan if you can't try stuff and see how it is. We've had a few things. I've had it sort of choked down. Mm. I can always count on my live enzymes. So, drinks with Juan. So, how was your week? Are we having a good week? You should be just rolling in short sales right now. You should have money coming in. We're in our second season. I've got people sending me copies of checks. I just got a copy of a check the other day for 78000 bucks. So if you're not the one that sent that deal, please explain to me why. I'm teaching, teaching, teaching. I'm giving you my heart and soul. There's no reason for any of you not to be closing deals. So if you're not closing deals, you are the common denominator. It's just the way it is. All right. <clears throat> well, if I'm going to be a vino vixen, not letting a little bit of wine get me down. We're going to try something else next week. <laughs> give that to my son. It's like, oh, he loves it. He's like, oh, you got to try it. I'm like, mmm. It's rhubarb. That's okay. I'll try it today. What the heck? I'm going to crack. I did get some other wines, though. I got this pink glow. It looks, I don't even know if it tastes good, but it's in a pink bottle, so it looks cold. And um, they have, like, blackberry and blueberry and there's all kinds of, oh, 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 I do have one I'm going to try. It's dandelion wine. And they mix it with lemonade. So I have some of that, too. So I'll try some of that because um, I did have some the other night. Actually, that's what got me sidetracked on dandelion wine mixed with lemonade. And it goes down easier than you think. And all of a sudden, I was just like, whew, what is going on? And it was like 8 o'clock at night. I went to bed. <laughs> ah! I mean, you don't drink very much. And then you look at like what a little bit you do drink. You're like, dang, I am such a lightweight. All right. So let's uh, let's uh, talk here about short sales. Oh, hang on, let me get my timer. All right, twenty minute. Remember, it's a proven fact that for twenty minutes, eye to eye, ear to ear, mouth to ear, I guess voice to ear. You listening, watching? Now remember, if you want to see all of this amazing wonderfulness, 
you're going to have to go to my site, dwonderful.com, so you can watch me. Because I have to tell you, as much fun as I am listening, I'm super cute and fun to watch. So if you really want to get a good laugh and really want to super enjoy the most wonderful real estate uh, podcast Ever, then you must watch me over at dwondurfal.com. Also, if you want to talk to me in the morning, $1. It's just a tiny little $1 investment. You get on the call, we talk, I answer all the questions live, and that's how we do it. It's amazing. And I also have a chat box, so during the course of the week when you have questions about your real estate deals, I'm right there with you in the chat box. So I'm right there. I mean, there's nobody else out there, not a soul, that will work with you and help you and, and really care about you as much as I will. So listen, I care about your sex. I think sometimes more than you do. So let me care about your sex. Get out there. Not your sex. <laughs> Success. See? That little bit of rhubarb wine got a little bit of kick to it. Alright. So we did the first offer, we did the second offer, we did the third offer, and we and the third offer, remember how fun the third offer was. So now we've got the bank. <clears throat> Let's just say we agreed to a hundred thousand dollars. It was a two hundred thousand dollar house, we offered eighty, we offered one twenty, we haggled back to eighty, and then we came back up and we settled at a hundred thousand dollars. So we're at a hundred, the bank is at a hundred, everybody's at a hundred, everybody's happy, everybody's happy with the deal. So we're thinking, okay, now it's time to get the deal closed. Okay, so what happens then is now you have to start getting things from the bank and getting your buyers lined up and getting your things prepared so you can close the deal. So the very first thing, so we're going to talk about mainly two things today. But they're both really super important. So the main thing is you want to um, have the bank put it in writing that they're agreeing to accept $100,000 as payment in full. So, okay, so that's the first thing. Actually, there's three things. Let me write down the third thing before I forget. So the first thing is the bank is going to put it in writing. Yes, we the bank, we agree to accept $100,000 as full payment. Now, when the bank says they agree to accept $100,000 as a full payment, your question is, is that net to the bank, like $100,000 net, like the bank's going to make 100000 or are they going to pay fees in addition to the 100 So let's say that there are, um, let's just make it easy. Let's say there's $5,000 in fees. There's some taxes, some document preparation, there's some attorney's fees. Let's just say there's some fees. And we'll just do 5000 to make it super easy. So is the bank actually taking 100000 plus paying $5,000 in fees? Or is the bank taking 100000 and you are paying the $5,000 in fees? So it's important that you read if that is the net to the bank or is that the bank's amount plus fees. Because the bank might have... I've seen banks try to tack on ten or fifteen thousand dollars. So if they tack on uh, ten, say you got the house for a hundred thousand and you're selling it to a rehabber for one thirty, 
and the bank's not paying you. They're not giving relocation money. The bank's a real stickler. You couldn't get this bank to do anything. And plus, they, they're making you pay all the fees. Okay, so now you're buying it for 100 You think you're selling it for 130 So you think, wow, there's 30, I'm making 30000 bucks. Well, then the bank makes you pay 10 in fees. Then you give five to the homeowners. And then, you know, there's an additional five for your fees. And now that 30 is 10. Now listen, $10,000 is nothing to sneeze at. I mean, 10,000 might don't ever walk away. 10,000 is 10,000. However, it's really important that you negotiate all those fees in. So the bank pays the homeowners to move. They pay your side of the closing. Now typically they're going to make you pay your own side, but easier to ask and say no than not to ask at all. Typically, they'll pay the homeowner's relocation, they'll pay you a negotiating fee, and they'll pay their fees. Now, a lot of times, they will not. They'll send you a letter that says 100000 net to the bank. Net meaning they get 100000 Any other fees after that, you're responsible for them. So now, you really may not actually have a deal now. You may have a deal, or you may have a deal that just went south on you. So... You're going to have to contact the bank and get a, what's called a settlement statement. It's a HUD-1. It's a settlement statement. It's a net sheet. In fact, you can get a free copy of all these things if you'll go to dwanderful.com forward slash lingo because I have a free copy of all the lingo and all the terminology so that you know what the heck I'm talking about. And so, um, a little bit more. I don't know if I get used to that or not. I'm going to say not. <laughs> ah, so you need to know all the fees. So a HUD-1 or a settlement statement is typically what it's called. And that would be a list, an itemized list. And it's, it's, uh, it's legal size. It's two pages. And it would have everything. The payoff, attorney's fees, taxes, wiring fees, uh, if there's any FedExing, if there's any, any, every little dollar is accounted for. So when you get to the, the closing statement, the very bottom right there, that's the amount that you're going to get. And so in the closing statement could be um, 5000 bucks to the homeowner. Could be a fee of $5,000 to negotiate with you. Could be a fee of $5,000 for the taxes. It could be all these fees... And then the bottom line is, okay, Dwan's walking away with thirty grand, or twenty, or twenty-five, or ten, or five, or two thousand. And what I don't like to see happen, and I've seen it happen a million times, is investors come like, oh my gosh, I got this deal. You won't believe how much money I'm going to make. And then they get to the closing and they call me, and they're all disappointed. They say, I only walked away with, you know, seventy-five hundred bucks. Like, what happened to your $30,000 deal? Well, they didn't walk away with $30,000 because uh, no one told them about fees and about things like that. So every single thing is negotiable. It really is up to you to negotiate these things in so that you can get the best deal for yourself and for your homeowners. Okay? Now, another thing. So first, Get that approval in writing. Immediately when the bank says, yes, they'll do the short sale, you get it in writing right away. Second, <clears throat> you negotiate those fees. 
So if the bank says in their acceptance letter, it's 100000 net to the bank, ask for a settlement statement, figure out what all the fees are, and then you start negotiating those fees over to the bank side. There's like a line, and these are the bank's fees and these are your fees. You need to move the things over, the line items over to the other side of the line. Or else what's going to happen is, like I said, you could end up getting stuck with just a huge amount of fees. Like really a huge amount of fees. And then the next thing that you're going to negotiate, and this is one of those things that <clears throat> it kind of comes and goes based on the economy. So there's a thing called the uh, debt relief, uh, wait, hold on, um, the mortgage forgiveness, uh, wait, hold on, debt relief, it's called the Mortgage Forgiveness Debt Relief Act. I just think about it a minute. The Mortgage Forgiveness Debt Relief Act. Okay, Mortgage Forgiveness Debt Relief Act. So you need to go online and Google that and see if that is in place today as we're speaking. It's one of those things that it started way back with Bush. He implemented it back when the decline started. And then Obama re-signed it and kept it in place. And then, which really confused me, because Obama was supposed to be for the people, then he didn't sign it for a couple years. And then, I guess from pressure, he re-signed it. And then, I don't know if it's even come up right now, because it gets signed for three years at a time. So what it means is that the homeowners are not responsible for the amount of money that's being lost to the bank. So for example, there's a $200,000 house. The homeowners owe $200,000 on this property. The bank has agreed to take $100,000. So right there is $100,000 that is being lost. The bank's owed two. The bank's taking a hundred. So somebody has to pay this hundred thousand dollars. The bank has to write it off or somebody has to pay it. So let's put our smart real estate investor thinking caps on. If someone has to pay it, is it going to be the bank or is it going to be the homeowner? Obviously, it's going to be the homeowner. So the Mortgage Forgiveness Debt Relief Act, what that does is it allows the homeowner to walk away from that $100,000 that they would typically owe the bank. So see, here's what happens. And this is one of the things about banks that I don't like. You know, I've told you guys before, like the banks really piss me off. And this is one of the reasons why. Because unless you ask the bank, they will automatically make the homeowners pay this money. So now here these homeowners have lost their property. They moved out. The bank lets the house sit for two years and it's boarded up. In the meantime, it's racking up fees. Then the bank puts it on the market and then they sell it. And out of this $200,000 house, the bank only makes $80,000. That's all they make net after they pay all the fees, expenses, commission, Blah, 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 blah. The bank makes 80. And now like two or three years have gone by. All of a sudden, out of nowhere, the homeowners get a bill. They get a judgment for 120000 bucks from the bank. And I've had homeowners call me and say, hey, listen, I see your signs around that you're a real estate investor. Um, could you explain this to me? I worked with this uh, bank. I lost my house in foreclosure, you know, two years ago. 
And now all of a sudden I got a thing in the mail from the bank and they say, I'm telling me I owe $120,000. I don't understand. So what the bank does is the bank doesn't just give that money away for free. The bank has to write off the loss. So part of the Mortgage Forgiveness Debt Relief Act was that the homeowners could file a, it's an IRS form. So write this down. It's a 982 IRS form. So the year that the homeowners lose their house, and maybe it was 2017, it's 18, it's 19, it's 20, whatever it is, when the homeowners do their taxes, they attach this 982 IRS form. And when they attach that form, it's kind of like a one-time pass that they are absolved of the money. Because the bank does one of two things. The bank sends... Um, a 1099, so what, so a 1099 is, is income. So the homeowners open up the mail and they go, what? This is a 1099 saying that we, I sold my house to Juan and this says we owe the bank a hundred grand. She said that the bank took a hundred thousand's payment in full. What is this 1099? So now, not only do your homeowners, uh, lose their house and did you make a ton of money, they just now got stuck with an IRS problem. So we cannot do that to our homeowners. Our job is to protect them. So they can use the 982 form and they can attach it to <clears throat> their income tax for that year. It's kind of like an insolvency thing where they basically, they get a pass. Now, so the so what the banks used to do is either send the homeowners a 1099 or put a judgment on them. Now, if you do the short sale and you get the bank to take a hundred thousand, and you got that great deal for one hundred thousand, and you sold it for one thirty, and you made thirty grand in your pocket, you're like whoop whoop. And then the homeowners all of a sudden now they get a judgment in the mail. Well, the thing about judgments. It's the only way to get rid of a judgment is for the homeowners to uh, have to file bankruptcy and get rid of the judgment or they have to pay it. So now they got a $100,000 judgment. They have to negotiate that down and then they have to try to uh, negotiate down to something, five, ten, fifteen, twenty thousand dollars $20,000 and make payments on it because it's a judgment. It's on their credit report. So now they can't buy another house down the road because they have this whopping judgment. So these are the little things about being a real estate investor that if someone doesn't teach you these things, this is how your homeowners end up in trouble. Excuse me. Rhubarb wine makes me burp. <laughs> ah, I can look at my face. I can feel my face getting flushed on this. Who? Cool. I'm going to be a man. I'm going to drink it like a man, though. So, this is where, this is like part of the things like the drive, like what I, you know who I call the drive-bys, all those fix and flip TV people, the Kiyosakis, the rich dads, the fortune builders. All these guys are in the seminar business. I've told you this before. They're in the seminar business. People that are in the seminar business are not in the real estate business. So they very rarely teach you all these little details that I teach you. 
because they're all about selling you coaching and once you drop $50,000 on coaching, they don't really give a shit about you anymore. But what happens is because their lack of care and lack of educating you doesn't just hurt you, it trickles down to the homeowners and they're the people that actually really do need the real life help. And I get very angry when I find out that investors didn't help the homeowner or they thought they did and because they weren't educated properly, they made the homeowner situation worse than it actually was. So, <clears throat> when there's a $100,000 loss, the bank has to write the loss off somehow. So, they're going to send the homeowners a judgment for $100,000 or $1099 for $100,000 so that the bank can write it off. Then the bank takes that judgment or 1099 to their investors. Remember we talked about the portfolios? They take it to their investors and they go, okay, here you go. We did these short sales and here's how we wrote, the we wrote all the losses off. We filed you know, eight judgments over here and you know, we're sending the 1099s over here. So part of your job is to negotiate that into the deal. So when the bank sends you an acceptance letter, we accept your short sale, Juan. When they accept your short sale, part of what needs to be in writing in that letter is we waive the deficiency and the 1099. We waive those things. Now, if the bank says, well, we can't waive those things, we have to write the loss off. All of a sudden, you have a bank that will do the short sale, but they won't waive those two things. Now, they can't get both. They get either or. The homeowner gets either or. They either get a judgment or they get a, um, a tax, 1099. <clears throat> so, based on the 982 IRS form, if the homeowners, if the bank says, we have to issue one of these two items, we have to. There's no other way for us to do it. So if they have to issue one of the two items, you are better off to have your homeowners get a 1099. So they're going to get an income tax bill from the IRS that says you owe taxes on the income that you received of 100000 Now, even though the homeowners didn't actually receive 100000 like in their pocket, because the bank took it as a loss, the bank shows it as income to the homeowner. Okay, are you with me on that? So even though the homeowners didn't physically make like, here's $100,000 in my hands, the bank lost $100,000. Because of their loss of $100,000, they show it as income to the homeowners. Well, we took $100,000 off your property, so we're going to show that as income to you income to you. So now the homeowners are like, oh my God, you know, they're panic stricken. They'll call you up. What do I do? What do I do? What do I do? But you, being one of my Dwandonaires in the making, you know, millionaire Dwandonaire, being one of my Dwandonaires in the making, you are so smart that you have already told the homeowners in advance, listen, this 1099 is coming. I even went on the computer and printed out this form, the 982 form, when that 1099 comes, you fill that form out, you put that together with your taxes and you mail that in and you will be absolved. It's like a one-time pass. They'll be absolved of the debt because it's sort of like insolvency. And insolvency just means that you're dead broke and don't have money to pay anything. But now these homeowners can't let this ride for three or four or five years. And they may not even have paid taxes.
taxes for years, but they need to pay taxes on this year and with their job loss or whatever they have and their foreclosure and, 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 and the 982 form is the answer to their, that's the answer to their, to their prayer and to their solution. So you can never, ever forget this part. Now, sometimes, dang, I'm already going back into the negative. How does 20 minutes go by so fast? It drives me crazy. Crazy, crazy, crazy. Um, <clears throat> now, if you have a homeowner and they say to you, Dwan, I'm definitely going to file a bankruptcy, for sure. I've got, I'm so buried in debt at this point. Even though you're buying my house from me, I'm too buried in debt. I'm for sure definitely going to file bankruptcy. Then what people can do, and most people don't know this either, which is why it's so good that you work with the most wonderful person in the face of the world. Um... The homeowners, when they file their bankruptcy, let's just say their loans with Wells Fargo, they can list in their bankruptcy an unknown judgment amount from Wells Fargo, loan number, but, 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 address, legal description, they can list it in the bankruptcy. So ahead of time, they can list an unknown judgment amount coming from Wells Fargo on this property, this address, this legal description, this loan number. They can list it in the bankruptcy if they're filing a Chapter 13 bankruptcy, which is absolving all the debt. So, if for a fact your homeowners are going to file a bankruptcy, then I would ask the bank to put it in writing and say, listen, the homeowners don't really want to have an IRS problem with, or, you know, with a 1099. Why don't you just go ahead and get a deficiency judgment against them? The bank's like, sure, we'll get a deficiency judgment. Thanks for telling us we could file a deficiency judgment. So the bank's all excited thinking they're going to get this judgment. And then you know the homeowners are filing bankruptcy anyway. And so now the homeowners just wiped out the bank. <laughs> So when the bank thinks they're so smart, it's like, I'm just like with these bankrupts, I'm like, girl, you do not know who you're dealing with. I am the queen of foreclosures. I am the queen of all things real estate. There's nothing that you can do to pull one off on me and my homeowners are walking away from this deal and they're going to be better off than, than before. I leave people, rule of thumb, leave them better off than when you found them. So I have asked many a bank to... Put a 10-9 to give us a judgment because I know the homeowners are filing bankruptcy, which the bank doesn't know. And they're listing the unknown judgment amount from the bank. And it's like, bop, bop, bop. Bop, Alicia. That's what I have to say to the banks. All right. Thanks for your being with me today. If you're feeling really uh, bold, try some of this, um, this rhubarb stuff. It's... Not very good, to be honest with you. That being said, it's strong. Holy cow. I'm going to go antiquing today. So, with this little bit of a wine buzz, I'm liable to buy more stuff than I need to buy. <laughs> ah, but you know what? What the heck? I have so much fun. Alright guys, listen. Your homework is so simple. I want you to be tying down your short sale paperwork. I just want you to go to Dwanderful, D-W-A-N-D-E-R-F-U-L, Dwanderful.com, 
forward slash lingo. Please, 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 for the love of God, will you download the lingo? I have people send me emails and write to me on Facebook. I don't know what this means. I'm like, go get the free It's free. I promise you. You already know if you downloaded it. I will not murder your email with a bunch of stupid junk. Just go get the stuff so you can keep up. That's all. Keep up. All right, guys. Next week, same bat time, same bat channel. And remember, the truth is in the red letters. Ciao!